Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Welcome, Ephraimites, and Shalom. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard, and this is the House of Ephraim show on Tuesday, January the 3rd, 2023. And I, you know what, I am excited about this year. It's going to be a very exciting year. And we have a very exciting show for you today, but first, a word from our announcer. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Welcome back. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard. I have a few announcements to make. First of all, January quarterly. Yes, January quarterly. That is coming up here in just 10 days. We are 10 days away. If you haven't registered, get that done today, okay? Get it done today. And I want to thank all of you that registered early. That gives us an idea of of how much we need to to uh, plan for and be prepared for. And uh, that quarterly is January 13th and 14th. We'll be ministering Friday night at 7 p.m. Saturday, we will have three services, 10, 12, and 5 p.m. And uh, this is open to the entire family. It's a $20 donation. 11 and to 6 is $10, and 5 and under are free. And so we ask that you have that registration in, okay? Well, check out our itinerary page at www.jewishprofit.com for more information. We also have available Sabbath fellowship, and this is online with Prophet Mark uh, Reinbold, and uh, he does that through our YouTube channel, Jewish Prophet. We also have a Wednesday, Wednesday evening service that I do. We have Blog Talk Radio. This station has the late Prophet Deckard and myself five days a week. We have another station that has Prophet Gary Burpee on Tuesday and Prophet Greg Burpee on Thursday. All of us 
are teaching Prophet Deckard's materials. If you are interested, email us at cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll send you out a spreadsheet with all the information that you need, links, phone numbers, times, all that information. Well, as I said today, it's Teachers Tuesday. Yes, it is Teachers Tuesday. And we are going to continue on. I started two weeks ago a sermon that had I've never done on the blog. Never done that on the blog. It's called Persecution Comes for the Word's Sake. Turn with me to Mark. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. We're going to just do a, a little bit of review here. Yeshua was teaching the disciples about, actually he was teaching everybody that was in, that was in the crowd. He was teaching them about the kingdom of God. And he said it was like a sower that sows seeds. And he said some, some of that seed, he said some of it will fall by the wayside and the fowls of the air will come and devour it. Some of it will fall on, the, on rocky ground, on stony ground. And because there's not much more earth, there's not enough soil, it will immediately spring up, but there's no depth in it. And when the sun comes out, it will get scorched because there's no root. And it will wither away. He said some fell on the thorns, and the thorns grew up and it choked the seed and it yielded no fruit. Some fell on good ground, and it did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some a hundredfold. And he said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. And so after he got done preaching, and, and they were alone, the disciples came to him. And they said, hey, 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 can you, can you tell us what that parable meant? And Yeshua looked at them, and he said, unto you, it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Why? Because they had ears to hear. You can have ears to hear if you want to. If you want to. Every once in a while I have people come to me and they ask me questions. Questions that they don't really want the answer to. I've had people come to me and they say, hey, how can God be such a good God and he had the Israelites to kill all those people? And, and years ago when that question had come, I didn't have the answer. I didn't know. But now I know. I know because the wickedness of those nations he had, he had worked and worked with them, and the wickedness of those nations had come up. And it was, it was past being repaired. Prophet prophesied 
the United States has shook their fist at God. The sin in this country has went beyond repair. We have passed the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah that he destroyed. And so, yes, he's a loving God, but he demands obedience. He demands obedience. And when we shake our fists at him, when we dig our heels in and lock our knees, and we become what? Stubborn and disobedient? It doesn't mean he's not a loving God. It just means that punishment is coming. Judgment is due. You know, even as, even as parents, we love our children. But there comes a time when they have to be what? They have to be corrected and brought back in line. And when that correction comes, that child may look at them and say, you don't love me. They don't understand how much that parent does love them. So you can have ears to hear or you can just want to fuss about it. And I've, I've answered questions sometimes and, and I can tell they didn't really want the answer. They just want to be argumentative about how awful God is. Well, I'm sorry, but God is God. He's a mighty God, and he's always right. Even when he looks wrong, he's right. And so you have to have ears to hear. And Yeshua said, because... You, because you want to understand this, he said, it's been given to you to know the mystery. And he said, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what this parable means. But then he said something very important. He said, first of all, he's like, don't you know what this parable means? He was a little shocked they didn't understand it. And he said, he said, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any of them? This was 101. You need to understand this or the rest of them are going to be confusing to you. I love to teach this parable. Because I understand how important it is. You don't understand this. You don't understand the rest of them. He said, okay, so here it goes. The sower. The person throwing the seeds out is sowing the word. Our words are seeds that are planted. They're planted in our lives. They're planted in the lives of those that we speak them to. And it's not just what the preacher's planting. It's what you and I plant every day. 
He said the sower sows the word, and some of that word that is sown will be will be it'll just land it'll just land here and there. And he said Satan will come and immediately take away the word that's sown in your heart. He will immediately come and try to take away. The word of God that's been sown in your heart. And he'll replace it with the opposite. I can guarantee you. And these are they that are sown on stony ground. They hear the word and immediately they receive it with gladness. But they don't have any root. They don't have any root in themselves. They haven't. It's all new to them. They haven't studied the God's word. It's not in their heart. And so they just endure for a time. But then afterwards, and that's what this sermon's about, when affliction, when persecution, it arises because of the devil. No, that's not what he said. When affliction and persecution come for the word's sake, they're offended immediately. They are immediately offended. Those that don't have any root in themselves are immediately offended. And he said those that are was sown among thorns, the cares of the world come up and choke the word. And they're unfruitful. But those that are sown on good ground, those that are sown on good ground, those that hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30, some 40, and some 50, or 100%, excuse me. Some 30, some... (laughs) Well, it's a new year, right? Some 30, some 60, and some 100%. The word, the word that you are hearing, the words that you are studying... What is it that you are studying right now? What is it that your fellowship leader is preaching? What is it that you're listening to on the blog? What is it that you are studying in your quiet time? You will find that persecution will arise because of whatever it is that you're studying, because of that word. You see, Satan wants to steal the word from you because he knows that if you start understanding and doing the word, it will multiply and he'll be in trouble. He'd rather you wither up, get offended. That's what darkness wants. Darkness doesn't want you to grow. God doesn't want you to multiply. 
Darkness doesn't want you to be blessed. But God does. But the persecution and afflictions will come because of the word. Because of the word. James told us, James chapter 1. James told us that we need to be a doer of God's word. A doer of God's word. Turn with me to verse 22. James 1, 22. But be ye doers of the word. So what word have you been listening to? Have you begun to do it? Have you begun to apply it to your life? Think about that. Have you? Or have you told yourself, well, I need to do that, but, excuse me. You know, we, we just got through a busy season and, now we're we're getting ready for quarterly and 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 then there'll be Passover cleaning and and you know the cares of the world can get us all wrapped up, can it? We can find more excuses, but James says, "Be doers of the word and not hearers only." And then he goes on to say. Deceiving your own self. He said, any man who's a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like to a man beholding his face. In King James, it says glass, but it's a mirror. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror? He who beholds himself and he goes away and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he is. I've always liked this illustration. Came up with this several years ago. You see, we look in the mirror and we see the reflection in the mirror. But we walk away and we forget what we saw. Oh, Sister Donna, no, I don't do that. Yes, you do. Let me tell you why. Because when was the last time someone took a picture of you and brought it to you and showed it to you and said, this is a perfect likeness of you. This is an awesome picture. And you're like, delete it. You're thinking, I don't look that way. You caught me at a bad moment. That's not how I look. We've all had that happen. We've all had it happen. Maybe we'd like to Photoshop that picture, make it look like what we want it to look like. James says, when you don't do the word, you're like somebody who forgets what you look like in the mirror. But whoever looks, it's verse 25, into the perfect, say perfect, the perfect law of liberty and continues 
is therein. He's calling God's word the perfect law of liberty. It's not a heavy burden. Yeshua said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He said, if you will look at the law, if you'll look at God's word, and if you will continue therein, that means what? You keep listening, you keep studying, you keep repeating, you keep praying God's word until what? It gets from your head to your heart. And you being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man will be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, oh, did he get on that subject? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. You see, serving God is not about religion. It's not about religion. It's about loving God. It's about being a doer of the word. He said, anyone who seems to be religious, holier than thou, we would say, but bridles not his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is vain. He's going right at discord and judgment. The very thing the prophet said was the number one problem in the churches today. Discord and judgment because they don't bridle their tongue. He said, you may seem religious. You may, you may be at, at, at the church or synagogue every time the doors are open. But if you're so in discord, if you're judgmental, if you're not doing the word, your religion is vain. Your religion is vain. God wants us to serve him. God wants us to do his word. Prophet used to look at, the, at, at uh, Jeremiah when he was younger and he'd say, look, son. I want you just to do what I tell you to do. Nothing more, nothing less. Just do what I tell you to do. And that's what God wants us to do. Just do what I tell you to do. Can we do it? Can we do it? Verse 27, pure religion. And undefiled before God and the Father is this. To visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. James had a lot of wisdom. He had a lot of wisdom. I'm going to back up into this chapter. I mean, this, this chapter is it's full of nuggets. Let's go back up to verse 1. James, a servant of God and the Lord, Yeshua the Christ, the 12 tribes that are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy 
when you fall into diverse temptation. How many of you are in diverse temptations right now? How many of you got problems, issues, situations, however you want to to label it going on in your life? James said, count it all joy. Knowing this, it's a trying of your faith works patience. Persecution and affliction comes because of the word. And as you keep getting that word in, when that comes, you will learn to overcome through that word. You will learn not to be offended. And James said, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. And what is patience? A fruit of the Spirit. So what are you going through today? What are the issues, the problems, the situations that you are struggling with right now, today, this moment? If you and I were to have a conversation over the phone right now and I'd say, hey, what, what, what's going on in your life? What would you begin to tell me that you're struggling with? Count it all joy, James said. Count it all joy. Did we do that? you're about to develop some patience. You're about to produce some fruit. If you do the word. Okay. And he said, verse 4, let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. And that word perfect is a maturity. You see, you need maturity. I was talking to, I was talking to, I don't know, I don't remember who, because, you know, with the holidays, I talked to lots of people. I was talking to somebody, and I said, you know what? If you would look at your life today and what you are going through today, and you imagine you 10 years ago, how would you handle what you're going through today? And I said, I bet you would have folded 10 years ago. But today, because of what you have been through in these last 10 years, you are stronger and wiser and have more word and you're better able to deal with what you're going through today. And whoever I was talking to said, yep, you're right. Why? Because we we allow that persecution, that tribulation to develop patience. We learn more and more about God's word and how to apply it and how to react to the to the things that come up and cause us problems and we become what? Fruit producers. And when we do, we'll have maturity. 
to the point we'll want nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So what is it that you lack wisdom at? Well, Sister Donna, I, you, you always tell us to find the scriptures about the situation we're in, and I don't know what scriptures apply to that. Well, right here's one right here. You, you lack wisdom. You lack knowing what word to use for your situation. So ask God, and he that gives to men liberally and upbraideth not, it'll be given to you. You ask God, show me some scriptures that apply to this situation, and he will do it. He'll do it. If you lack wisdom, ask God. But ask and say, don't ask, oh, well, I don't think he's got any. No, you ask in faith, believing. Don't waver. Say, God, I need wisdom in this area, and yeah, I believe you're going to give it to me. Hallelujah. I'm about to have my eyes opened with this one. But he said, he that wavers is like the wave of the sea, driven by the wind, he's tossed. You know, you're asking God, I need wisdom about this issue, Father. But then all along here, you're driven by the wind and you're tossed because all of a sudden it seems like that situation got bigger and it got worse. And God is such a big problem now, there's no solving it. You ask in faith, nothing wavering. James knew something here, didn't he? James had a nugget. Verse 7. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. Don't you think you're going to get anything if you're sitting there wavering back and forth, just letting the situation just shove you one way and the other, you know? One day you believe in and the next day you're not, and one day the problem's big, and the next day I'm going to overcome. You ain't going to receive nothing that way. You have to stay steady and Standing and believing and not wavering on God's word. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. Let the rich in that he is made low. Because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. I'm going to stop there. I want to go to Ephesians. I want to go to Ephesians. So, so James is telling us, count it all joy. Don't waver in your faith. Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. He said all that in the first chapter. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. Persecution comes for the word's sake. Don't get offended. Put on the whole armor of God. We're going to look in verse 7. 
or excuse me, chapter 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our problems is not the boss, the relatives, the the co-worker, the spouse, the children. That's not our problem. That's, that is not what we're wrestling against. We are wrestling against principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle being acted out in the flesh of others and us. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you'll be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, stand. You see, we think, well, I've done all there is to do and it didn't work. This is all I prayed, I believed, and it didn't happen. Well, guess what? I know why it didn't happen. You didn't stand in faith. You see, here in Ephesians, we're told, you do everything, and you keep standing on God's word. You keep believing. Stand, therefore, have your loins girt about with truth. What is truth? God's word is truth. The breastplate of righteousness. If you haven't asked God to forgive your sins today, your breastplate's hiding underneath your, underneath your bed somewhere. Your righteousness is at God. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You need to be walking in God's word. You need to be walking in the peace of that passes all understanding. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherein you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. But if you are wavering, you have the shield up, one minute and the next minute you've laid it down to check out a text message on your phone. Oh, I think I'm not doing so good now. Well, you laid your shield down. Take up that shield of faith. I am believing God because God is true and he, I am walking in his righteousness and he is going to take care of it for me. Take on the helmet of salvation. You know, so often I've talked to people, they're like, well, I'm saved. But they're living like the devil. Well, I'm saved. Well, what's the, when's the last time you talked to God? Well, I'm saved. When's the last time you studied his word? 
You have to take on that helmet of salvation. You have to allow God to, to protect your thoughts and your mind by allowing him to be Lord of how you think and how you act. He's in charge. Put that helmet on. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Yeshua taught us how to battle in the spirit. It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It is written, man will not eat by bread alone. You have to have the word of God in your heart to be able to speak it when you're under attack. Put on the armor. Praying always with all prayer. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching there too with all perseverance and supplication for all things. You know, before I got filled with the Holy Ghost, I was like, I don't understand what he means about all prayer. I mean, prayer was, you know, God is good, God is great. Thank you for this food. Amen. Let's eat. Now lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. Good night. God, if it be your will, will you heal Aunt Susie? Amen. That was that was what our, our prayer consists of. And then everyone's about, help, God, I'm in trouble down here. God, I need this bill paid. God, I'm sick. God, this. God, that. I didn't have a relationship with the Father. And so I'm like, what does this scripture mean? Praying with all prayer. And supplication in the spirit. Then I got filled with all of the evidence is speaking in tongues. And when it happened to me, I couldn't speak English. I'm telling you, I opened my mouth and it came out and weird stuff, you know. I can remember my, my sister and I, we both were, were drunk in the spirit. We're sitting in the back seat of the car and, and, and we're being driven home and, and, and we both can't speak English. And one of us pointed to a stop sign to say stop, and 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 it and it, and it came out with whatever it was, and then we got all tickled, just like a couple of drunks in the back seat. We started pointing to trees and and cars and and who knows, you know, just started pointing to things and saying it. We were. But you see, that was, that was when I was so filled with the Holy Ghost, I couldn't even speak English. But then there's another time that there's, there's my, what I call my prayer language, that I can just, on demand, I can start praying, and you can too if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. But you see, there's also the times when I'm praying in English. Father, forgive me for my sins known and unknown. Father, show me 
my unknown sins. And I'm praying, I'm praying in my, my language, which is English. So we're told here in Ephesians to pray always. And now I understand. Because you see, I can I can be making a meal. I can be sitting in a in a waiting room. I can be driving a car. I can be I can be even talking to someone on the phone and under my breath, silently, I can be praying in tongues. God show me what to tell this person. As I listen to him talk on the other side. Give me wisdom, God. Praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching there too with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We're supposed to be praying for one another. Not fighting one another, but praying for one another. Persecution is going to come. If you're studying God's word, if you come to an anointed meeting, persecution is going to come because of the word. The question is, will you count it joy? Will you look at it as an opportunity? Will you put your armor on and will you begin to pray and will you begin to speak God's word and will you begin to to do that spiritual battle for that situation? Or are you going to just waver like the waves of the sea? You looked into the mirror and straightly walked away and forgot what you saw. God said, I want you, I want you developing fruit. What fruit is it that he wants you to be working on? What fruit is it that, that he's like, a, like I, I, I want more of that in your life? Persecution. Arises for the word's sake. It's a secret you can overcome. That's a secret. You can be an overcomer. You can speak to the mountains. And they will be cast into the sea. God doesn't feel sorry for you. He gave you all the equipment that you need. But guess what we do? We feel sorry for ourselves. Woe is me. Woe is me. Sister Donna, you just you just won't believe what's going on in my life. Oh yeah. You may have something going on that's that sounds really devastating. You may. But you're not alone. The Bible says there is nothing that you go through. That's not common in demand. Somebody else has went through it. I remember when I had my miscarriage years ago. I was I was twenty, wanted to be a mama so bad I could taste it. You know. 
I've been told, hurry up and have kids before I, I had adhesions. And, and they're like, hurry up and have kids before you won't be able to get pregnant. And so I'd gotten pregnant, had a miscarriage. Woe is me. Woe is me, God. I wanted to have a baby, and, and, and I'm on a time thing here with these adhesions, and, 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 and woe is me. And all of a sudden, all these people, all these women in our church, they started coming by, and they started telling me about how they had miscarriages. And, and, and I mean, it, it just exploded. All these women came out of the woodwork that had miscarriages. They're like, you'll be fine. You'll be all right. You'll have kids. Don't you worry. Nothing happens to us that ain't common to man. You see, that miscarriage was major to me. But it was common to man. A lot of women have went through miscarriage. You see, God healed me of those adhesions. I ended up having three children. But that day when I had that miscarriage, hope was gone. I was scared. But God was developing patience in me. God was strengthening me. God was showing me that he is on the throne. He's in charge. And I became a mom. I became a mother. I had a family. I, all those thoughts that I had that day of never being a, of never being a mom, of, of never having children, all those thoughts, they were wrong thoughts. They were stinking thinking. God was teaching me. Persecution comes for the word's sake. What are you going to do when that comes? How will you react? Let's pray. There's somebody who got something going on with your little toe. God's going to heal that. Somebody else you got something going on with an ear. Somebody else you got you got something going on with your inner thigh. The rest of you, you got something needs prayed for, you put your hand wherever it is. Those of you that I called that out, you put your hand there. Put your hand on your toe, your, your inner thigh, your, your ear, wherever it is. God is going to heal you today. His word says you are healed by the stripes of Jesus. His word says Yeshua took it, you don't have to take it. Yeshaka high 
kuri bisha karamai ishaka hai kuri bisha kahai kuri bishukho Satan I bind you from these people and I command you take your lying sentence and you leave their body Father, your word says that by the stripes of your Holy Son, we are healed. Father, they are healed. And I speak to the flesh and I command it to line up with the word of God. Father, I send forth the angels. I send forth the angels with the anointing to cause that to happen in the mighty name of Yeshua. Father, we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory, Father. In Yeshua's precious name, amen. And amen. I want to thank each of you for tuning in. I want to remind you that with God, all things are possible. Sure.